Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you close to the action. My name is Roxy. Today, I'm joined by my co host, Jay and Amber. Everybody. To keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze for exclusive interviews uh, we have as they come up and some other fun special stuff that we do sometimes. So how is everybody doing in quarantine? Day... What day is it? What week is it? <laughs> I'm already blurring days and weeks. Can you believe we're already in April? Thank God March is over. I know. March did feel like a long month. March was, was like the y- longest year of my life. Facts. <laughs> a lot happened in March. I'm just like, Jesus. Uh, I, I saw, thought about it yesterday, but I'm in like my third week of quarantine uh, and I haven't put makeup on in like 15 days. Man, Your skin I'm, must love you right now. For me, it's like, oh my God, like my face is still breaking out though. And I'm just like, oh Jesus. I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just at home. I know it's driving me crazy. I'm still breaking out constantly and it's probably because of stress, but it's annoying because I'm not putting anything on my face. So why is it breaking out? Mood. All right. So uh, today we are focusing all on the girl groups. I feel like we haven't touched on them very much so far. So I wanted to do um, a feature on our lovely girl groups since, you know, some people don't pay that much attention to them. I'm throwing us back to 2018, uh, our first quarterly issue, where we featured um, an article that I wrote called The Great Girl Group Dream, where I focused on, you know, I did some research on like very popular girl groups um, and noticed a trend that's kind of scary about how a lot of them don't last very long, especially compared to like their boy group counterparts. When you guys read this, and dove into this, what, what, what were you thinking? So I'm very, I would say, superstitious when it comes to my love of girl groups. So reading this kind of made me feel attacked because a lot of my favorite girl groups that you mentioned in the article were my favorite groups and unfortunately fell into the trap and they ended up disbanding. The changes in girl groups that we've seen, I mean, it's been, what, two years since this article was written? Even then, we can still see the trend in the girl groups and how it's less of a focus on girl groups and more as soloists now. Like, look at the popularity of Chunga and Hyena and Hyorin and Sunmi. Yeah, uh, the, the major thing that I noticed with the girl groups is that uh, there seems to be like a seven-year curse for them. So like at the beginning of the article, I mentioned some boy groups that have been like in the game for so long, like Shinwa, TBXQ, uh, Super Junior, Big Bang, all of that. They just like, like they've had their share of problems, but they don't disband. But for, for the girls, like I think one of the earliest examples we saw this with was Wonder Girls um, since they were formed in 2007 um, and had such a big hit and nobody. When did that, what year did that come out? 2009 or was that earlier? So around that time, I don't remember, like, oh, that was such a long time ago. I think it's 2000, because it was around the time where I got into K-pop, because they were like one of the first few people that I was ever exposed to, beside, before like diving deeper into it, 
I was like, who, who's, who's Wonder Girls? But yeah, um, definitely after reading your article, it was just like, it really does suck that we can't, like the longevity of girl groups aren't there. And like, part of me is like, is it because people lose interest? Not only do some groups disband, but some of them, they, you know, they want to start a family. They want to have their own thing. And is it like, just because like, for example, they're after school, like Kahi and a few members, um, you know, they, they're in relationships and they started a family and it's just like, they're still able to do a few things. Like they're still able to pull off their talents, but is it like once they become, this is obviously an example, but is it once they become a mother or they have the family, they're no longer appealing and that they can't have um, a comeback anymore? Which kind of is just like, no, they still can do things. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they should just stop their whole entire career. Definitely, like, it, it was hard to see some of these groups go and end the way how they ended. Though, I will say, like, my opinion, like, you mentioned them in your article where, um, sure, they only made it seven years. But I feel like Sistar, because they were my favorite group they they the way how they ended you don't see a lot of groups um ending it the way they did because they're like it was kind of like a mutual agreement and it's just like we're done we want to do our own thing but they never forgot about their fans and they're like no let's let's end this off on a bang let's give them one more thing and they're still friends till now and it's not like it's a weird like oh, we're no longer talking to each other or we have any issues between us. I mean, there could be still, but primarily they're all pretty good friends with each other. They, they all interact with each other. Unlike I can think of another girl group that doesn't do that because there was, there was intru- issues and controversy about them, but um, <clears throat> four minutes. I'm going to talk <clears throat> about it. I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> so yeah, anyways. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks because more girl groups I want to be like yes resident girl groups come on it's last longer but why why not so I'm gonna play devil's advocate here when it comes to girl groups the big deal is that seven-year curse um, that's coming on but why do you think many groups fall away even before that seven-year curse talk about groups let's look at twice they're coming up on their sixth year and they're still chugging along compared to some of these other groups that fell away um, even before they hit like their fourth year or fifth year. And a lot of the unpopularity comes from things like the relationships, getting into relationships. Like look at what happened with Hannah, getting um, like moving from that like cutesy, sexy concept and getting into um, more grungy, darker concepts that like the appeal that innocence isn't there anymore. And because a lot of their main audience is men and they want to be able to fantasize and dream like that girl could be theirs. And it's the same thing that happens um, on the opposite direction with boys and their female fans. Yeah, that's one of the major um, factors, I would say. I don't know if it's <laughs> If it's right to say that, I feel like men react a lot more intensely to this kind of thing than than female fans. Because I mean, look at what all those female fans did when Chen announced he was having a baby. That's mm. fair. That was ridiculous. 
but was that was that a majority or like a very loud minority you know what i mean that if you introduce girl groups to people that are not familiar with k-pop the first thing they think about is the the like cutesy like innocent almost lolita kind of thing that that they do you know what i mean oh yeah totally and they're usually like the school girl like very we're, we're gonna end up talking about them and the that particular group does tie in very well to the stereotype of you know like that innocent girl group and i feel like the girl most of the girl groups you see nowadays definitely that's one of their initial like debut concepts and it's just like you have to appeal to that way and i'm just like it just kind of sucks it's just like does nobody like a strong woman jesus christ i I love the all girl crush concepts where like they're a little bit more badass and everything but that's personal preference i mean korea is warming up to the girl crush idea like um a few years back there was the big like hoopla of like the feminist movement and i feel like that's like the turning point with a lot of things um, when it comes to women whether it's like k-pop or makeup fashion blah 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 but before that that like key turning point i think it was like three or four years ago that like the girl crush concepts are like before their time like look at 21 21 was like really popular they had that girl crush concept but again like they're seen differently compared to like other veterans in the scene like wonder girls that's true and girls generation waited for quite a while before they did any girl crush sort of thing too so i definitely i I definitely think that you're right about that because like the me too movement in korea was gigantic when it first hit oh definitely for sure like even nowadays with the growing online scandals especially um with the end room scandal that's currently unfolding here in korea um there's like a lot of changes when it comes to like women and how they're seen um now it's becoming more common for women to be um heard more stood up more which is really fascinating for me because they had a female president yet they still thought women belonged in certain roles in society. So it confuses me, but I'm also like proud to see Korea's like getting with the times, so to speak. You could also argue that she was not the greatest president because yeah. bad things happened. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at, at the list of groups that I talked about. And one of the, the weirdest things like, okay, so an example right now would be BTS and how they're like winning all of the awards, right? A lot of these groups were extremely popular right before they sort of disbanded, like Wonder Girls, um, Sistar, Touch My Body, like everybody knows that song. And another example of this that a lot of newer people are not aware of is uh, Kara. They won something crazy like, what, 57 major music music show awards before disbandment, and now like people don't even remember them. That's so frustrating that, like, these groups that do make those waves are not getting that recognition. I mean, nowadays, when you think about girl groups in Korea, at least this new generation of K-pop fans, I think of groups like TWICE, Mamamoo, CLC, which even though CLC has been around for almost five years now, they're five, six years now, they're thought of as, like, new hip-hop groups. Uh, CLC is an interesting one because they they did debut in 2015 and I remember their debut concept was that sort of like innocent schoolgirl thing 
And like nobody remembers that after they came back. I think it was Hobgoblin that really did it, where everybody, you know, they sort of changed their style then to the girl crush thing and have managed to get a decent amount of recognition in that time. But I mean, it, the first few years for them was not very great. I mean, girl groups in general, everyone's going to be like screaming at me after I say this, is that the problem with girl groups who debut with that cutesy, innocent concept first is that all of their music tends to blend into each other. My thing is like, for example, so sorry, G-Friend, but everyone has heard a G-Friend song, even if they don't know it's a G-Friend song, because their songs, at least their earlier ones, tend to sound like every other girl group these days. That may be true, but Rough is a jam, and I will uh, not stand. I will not stand for slander from that song. Okay, <laughs> and I for love me, some G Friend songs. Don't get me wrong. But for me, Magustas Two will always be that song for me. I was like, listen, this is my favorite G G Friend song, and it's always gonna remain that way. But you do make a point because, like, when I first started listening to G Friend, I could not like tell apart some of the title tracks. Yeah, Nowadays, that they're doing so well. Yeah. I do have to agree with Amber that, uh, because it's just like, yeah, that some some actually do tend to uh, blend in together, and it's just like, can you do something different? Like, I, I want more. Like, I want to. I like. I feel like I look at some of these girl groups, and I'm like, I want to like you. You have very pretty members, and you're very very talented, but your things do sound the same. Give me something different, and but at the same time it's kind of a double-edged sword because once they do something different it's kind of like ooh, don't know if I like that either well you could also make the same argument for the rising girl crush phenomena in that like at some point all of that's going to start sounding the same too I mean we'll talk more about this when we bring up our rookie group of the of the week um like recent girl group concepts have been that I don't want to say noise, but, like, you listen to, like, what am I listening to? Like, they're trying to differentiate themselves with that sound, but yet again, everyone's hopping on the same main track or same mind track and creating the stuff that does sound the same. Like, sorry to do this to you, Mama Lynn, but your last couple title tracks all sounded the same to me. Good example. Sorry, don't mean to be mean, but yes. Another example of a group that like skyrocketed it off and has just is just about to crumble, like we said last week. Exactly. Like nowadays, it's the K-pop world in general is so saturated with all these groups that have so much talent and fall to the side. Whether it's be whether it is bad promotion or um, bad chemistry within the group, or whether it is they're just given really bad songs. Um, it's just really hard, really, to pick that exact formula for things and what makes a like a stellar group I feel like everyone's trying to chase that high of I'm sorry but like that high that BTS has right now um that's getting like that international recognition they're trying to replicate it for a girl group speaking of you mentioned lack of chemistry or issues within the group um I'm not sure if I've just not done proper research, but I feel like there is not a male group equivalent of what happened to Tiara. No, there isn't. I haven't seen any real turmoil where, if it, if it has, it's been well hidden. 
I mean, as girls, we all know girls can be kind of shadies. Boys probably have their issues, but are good at like putting it aside. Or maybe they just fight it out because they're allowed to. True. <laughs> I mean, we never be, know like, what happens. We we don't know because I I feel like when it comes to boy groups, they they're so much they fly such under the radar when it comes to that. But the the moment girls get catty with each other, oh, it's over. You know, I think some people forget. It's just like remember, like they. This is a group that was put together by a company. A relationship grows over the years, but for the most part, they're coworkers. Not everybody and not all the time are they going to get along. Differences will be, will be there. Speaking of girl groups and longevity, um, I don't know if you guys saw it over the weekend, but uh, did you happen to see the hashtag one year with Blackpink hiatus? And do you know how sad that is? Because they haven't had any promotions in a year. I mean, granted, sure, they're under a very, very, I'm sorry to say this, but shitty company right now, but uh, <laughs> cough, cough. I feel like you, you guys mentioned it earlier, like who's trying to follow the, the equivalent or who's trying to be the female equivalent to BTS. Blackpink had everything going for them. And it's been one year since they've had any promotion or any um, like music stuff and like they're releasing like things here and there, like oh, a photo book here, or let's do this. And I'm just like, can you actually give them music to promote? I mean, look at what happened with Twenty One. Like the same crap started with them. Like they started not getting enough promotions, not getting songs given to them, and then here comes Blackpink, and they're doing the same thing to Blackpink. Now that they're talking to debut another girl group, when they can't even deal with the groups they have. Hey, it's almost like YG isn't a big fan of women. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I think that was a general known fact amongst the K-pop fandom. If you're new to the K-pop fandom, welcome. Oh my God, can you please tell the story of YG and his wife? Oh God. So the too long didn't read is that YG sabotaged his now wife's career because he wanted to get with her. Is, it, is she a lot younger than him, or is that? Um, he started looking at her like she was a, quote, woman. Before, he should have been looking at her like that. Ugh, uh, gross. Gross. Yeah, moving on. I mean, what's happening to Blackpink is, like, YG classic, right? It's, it's actually funny to me that you would think you would learn from your mistakes with 2NE1. 2NE1 was probably one of the biggest girl groups of all time when they were at their peak. And then they just sort of let it, I mean, I guess with what happened with Bomb, they, that was not cool um, on YG's part. They sort of just let the others kind of just like fizzle out. And right now, Blackpink are basically just like social media influencers with a side career in music sometimes. That's it. Exactly. But I mean, uh, Lisa's oh. out doing things right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's on that, is it the Chinese version of Produce on one? Yeah. And she, oh, let me just say though, her cl- the clips of her, teaching and stuff like that oh I'm like I do not want to be under her classes like she looks so intimidating but it's just like that I think it's just like she misses being on stage and like if she can't be on stage she's gonna help others you know get there but I like come back I'm uh looking back at at some of the groups I was talking about since you know there's a bit of uncertainty when it comes to younger groups and actually I did comment about Momoland since this was written in 2018 when they were at their peak 
And it's interesting to see that within two years of writing this, that they're like about to disband. So, so unfortunate. They could have done so much better. They Did they debut in 2018 or was it 2017? Oh, I think it was earlier than that, wasn't it? They've been around for a while prior to Boom Boom blowing up. They debuted in 2016. Wow. And I didn't even know that. So it took them two years to get a hit. And then like two years later, they're about to disband. So they're not even going to make four years at this point. I mean, a lot of what's going on with Momoland is the way the inner turmoil and lack of good promotion from their company. So is the fate of many small group agencies or companies. I feel like like management always is one of the, the leading factors as to why these girl groups can never last long. It's interesting, actually, one group I want to talk about that is, like, a great example of this uh, was Priston. I can go on tangents about this. They did Priston so dirty. For sure, I agree. Which is interesting, considering that Pledis has 17 and newest, and they're doing fine, but they just couldn't handle Priston, even though Priston won Rookie of the Year. The only reason why uh, Seventeen and Newest are doing well is that they both told, pretty much told players, like, we're going to do everything ourselves. Like, y'all don't mess with things. I mean, even with the support, the lack of support for uh, one of their members who left, I'm completely blanking on her name. Kyla? Kyla. Oh, yes. The fact that Kyla didn't fit the traditional girl group mold and they sent her home to work on her health and all of that nonsense that happened out of that and even then the members of Priston that have been at Pletus four years got the short end of the stick and they weren't even able to like relaunch their career again it's just companies who don't know what they're doing shouldn't try to do it also can I insert that Kyla I do follow her on social media and she posts, like, she, not all the time, but she has posted about Pristin. And it's just like, and you could have been with them still. Ugh, the, like, I just, it, it oh, the, the criticisms that she got. Because she was like, she wasn't, like, I was just like, there's nothing wrong with her. But she's because, so pretty. Exactly. She's so pretty. And I'm like, you, like, you people with your standards of beauty. And it's just like, so she a little thick. So what? Quasa's thick too, and you still like her? I mean, Quasa's like of age and has pretty much told everyone where they can stick it. That's why. That's true. That's why she's coming over well. Like, now that it's the era of the girl boss. Like, I'm not even gonna go girl crush. Like, Mamamoo is a group of girl bosses. That is we and Quasa. We stand. But I mean, too, with Kyla, she was only 15 when all of this happened, which made it, like, even worse. So these crusty old men are giving their opinion on a 15 year old girl that hasn't even finished going through puberty about like being too big it is just gross and i hate it it's so terrible in the industry especially because idols are debuting younger and younger and we can bring up the topic of girl groups having to do the sexy concept before any of them are of legal age wait 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 give me an example of this i've never seen this there was issues earlier on with like remember Hyanna. Hyanna was sexualized before she was legal. Um, there was some smaller groups who got flack because um, their debut concept was too sexual when the average age was like sixteen. Korea has a habit of over sexualizing young girls, and then they wonder why there's an issue with 
um, online sex crime when they make this behavior, quote, okay. You know who also was? Uh, Minzy, from 21. Her too. Like, sure, she didn't really, like, wear a lot of sexy stuff, like, in the initial debut. But, like, as soon as I Am the Best... Was she already of age when I Am the Best came out? I don't remember. But it was just like, I was just like, whoa! So I I will go ahead and say... (laughs) uh, I'll break the the possible curse here and say that my favorite girl group is Dreamcatcher. Um, and that's because my insides are still that of a 12-year-old goth child. Um, so I really love the dark concept, personally. Um, if you need to tell a Dreamcatcher song apart from every other girl group, if it sounds like it belongs in an anime, but it's in Korean, that's Dreamcatcher. Okay, sometimes it's <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> hey, I love Dreamcatcher. They also share producers with another one of our collective favorite boy group so I'm not complaining but when you need to navigate the the treacherous landscape of girl group songs if it sounds like it belongs in a Japanese OST it's probably Dreamcatcher. Also if it sounds like it's heavy heavy metal which is what we all love Um, but they (laughs) (laughs) they debuted in 2017 and some people still consider them um, underrated despite that and actually I did some research on them um, for, for an article one time. And they had actually, not all of them, but most of them had debuted um, as a group called Minx in 2014 that did like the traditional cutesy girl group stuff. And like, they, it just, it just failed. They like took the group and completely transformed them into what they are now, uh, which I think did, he, did, did them some good for once. I think we're seeing a lot of that happening now too, where like there's these groups who are getting reformed. Like they they debuted under a new another group or a previous group, and then they're just trying to appeal to you know the newer generation. Um, I feel like that's gonna happen a lot more. Time will tell. I mean, to see like how this is actually gonna work out because signature is the same way they used to be under a different group name i think still the same company though i'm i'm not too sure we'll see how this works for them i don't want to put out my favorite group out there because i don't want to lose them as i don't want to lose them to this damn curse so i mean you and me both like our favorite groups i will not i like girl groups i like a few girl groups i won't say who those girl groups are because i want to keep them around I would argue that the top girl group right now is Red Velvet. Um, And they are going to be in their sixth year now. Uh, What do you guys think is going to happen with them? Considering SM's track record with their girl groups, I'm up in the air. I mean, look what happened with FX. And the fact that um, they... probably aren't going to actively promote again until Wendy is back up and fully functioning as um, a full member. Right now, she should be focusing on rest and rehabilitation after that very horrible accident. But now, who knows what's going to happen with that group? I refuse to talk about this because (laughs) she just mentioned the group that I don't want to talk about. I was like, no! Uh... I had to. Uh, it's just like, oh man. She I'm so have... safe. I'll I say don't... it. Do you want me to say it? <laughs> no, Roxy, no. Uh, I 
mean, is it, is it a curse if I say it? Uh, you know what? I'm not putting it out into the universe. It's not coming straight from my mouth. So it's a group no, we already no. talked about, so I don't need to bring them back yeah. up. So uh, one point that I made is that, you know, these girl groups seem to have this seven year curse, but the, the long term success seems to come from females that go solo. Definitely. Like, look at Sunmi, Chonga right now, and Hyana. They are all doing so well as soloists. I mean, Sunmi's songs and Chonga's songs are played on literally every corner of the street in Korea. Every boy group and their brother knows their dances. And so, like, they've really made that lasting impact. Not to mention, also, Sunmi is a former Wonder Girl who went solo and she did not only did she well do well in wonder girls she's doing really well solo wise too and it's just like you don't see a lot of that happening there's not a lot of examples out there where um aside from kiana and girl groups um where after they a member has just uh, split from the group or left the group that their solo careers have basically skyrocketed there's not a lot of that well I will like. I would like to say CL would be up there if they promoted her properly. I mean, also look at um, former Sistar member Jordan. Like she's doing so well for herself now. Like her song "Dally" that came out, I think it was a year ago, was so popular on the charts. And even um, with the brief scandal she had, she's still a really popular female soloist these days. What was that scandal? I don't remember hearing about that. Bullying scandal. Oh, of course. I feel like that's like the main scandal girl groups have to deal with. It's that, oh, you were mean to some person when you were in elementary school. Or dating scandals. Because God forbid these women date. They're not pure enough once they start dating. I'm like, chill out. They're all human. I mean... I think we all need to take a, a letter out of Once's book when Jiho was announced that she was dating Kang Daniel. They were more focused on the car she was driving than the fact that they were dating. That's amazing. I love, I love, like, I never saw that couple coming, but they are my favorite. Kang Daniel's a huge Jiho fan, so I'm just like, yes, live your your name life, Kang Daniel. Live the YN life. <laughs> or, right? Or it's just like, everybody's reaction was like, not, the, not, how did Jihyo get Kang Daniel? How did Kang Daniel get Jihyo? <laughs> you know, I was like, what? Everybody was like, man, he's a lucky guy. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, she's so lucky. How did he manage to get him? It's the opposite. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Like, it's just like, how? Because she's gorgeous. As a straight and- woman, can confirm, <laughs> I don't understand how he managed. As a not straight woman, still can't confirm how they got together but good on you Kang Daniel you snagged up a very pretty girl uh it's not all the time where we see like a huge support for uh couples coming out but that's another discussion to have you know in a a separate podcast wrapping up this article um I sort of dove into you know what is the reason that this happens um and I think that one of the biggest reasons girls have such an issue is that like all idols face this pressure I guess I would say they face this pressure um, to be perfect at all times but I think that 
it's even more intense for the ladies than it is for the boys. Oh no, absolutely. Because the women's expectations in Korea, although they are starting to change, they're still rooted in that deep, like where the women's place should be. So I think as we see society in Korea change, we are going to see a change in those girl groups and like their longevity. I mean, some of the biggest names and biggest girl groups in K-pop are creeping up on that sixth, seventh year of being a group. And so maybe this might be the year that the curse is broken. Please break the curse. I am so tired of this. I know. Can we just, can we have our girl groups? Because it's just like, not that I don't mind all the boy groups out there. It's just like, you need some, need some estrogen up in this um, industry. And there's not enough, like, and you know what I noticed too, is like, you, you don't see a lot of um, CEOs who are women either, you know, for these companies. And Only female had, CEO I know is the one that runs Fly Music Entertainment. And I mean, like, have we, like, I feel like, if they, we also get these women into that power, into that seat, it's just like, oh, we'd definitely be seeing a lot more, like, girl groups out there. Be like, girl power, heck yeah. That's it. We're all starting our own K-pop company. No, no, no. Catch me going to Korea and taking over the YG building. I mean, I already had a dream that I'm just going to, like, hostile takeover CJ Entertainment. And then everything I mean, will change. That's one of the biggest one. That's the biggest like, one. Cacao CJ. M. Catch me, catch me heading Cacao M in the next year. <laughs> Man, if women were at the helm of all these K-pop companies, you best believe like these boys and girls would be getting full night's rest, getting all their food in, like exercising work-life balance. Oh yeah, the nurturing would definitely come out more for these groups because unfortunately they do not get enough of it. Speaking of CEOs, I need to fight JYP. I would like to join you in that fight. I'm so lost. You guys have to enlighten me later. No, I just don't like JYP. What did he do? What? I was like, what did he do now? I'm like, what? I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with, with JYP. Business-wise, he knows what he's doing, but like, there's some internal personality stuff he needs to work on as a human being. Come on, he has two kids now. Kids don't change you. When they're old enough to sing and dance like his trainees are, maybe he'll think twice. (laughs) Isn't he the one that's making kids? Who shots fired? Isn't he the one that's making kids that are like 10 years old debut? He debuted a Chinese boy group that has like 10, 11, 12 year olds in it. Put them back in school, for God's sake. JYP does like... Like, school is important, like, morals are important. Most people who leave JYP still have that good relationship and have nothing but good things to say about him. Fine, fine. I will concede. Let's let's take over YG first. That's the first hurdle here. We'll go to JYP, not JYP, YG, take them over, and then we'll form a, form a cooperative relationship with the two new CEOs at SM. And then... Together, we will take on JYP. But yeah, anyway, just to sort of wrap up this discussion here, I really, really hope that these girl groups that are successful right now will continue to be. And I think we need more women like Miss Wasa out there telling everybody to stick it when they get all, they all talk bad. I want more of these strong ladies out here. 
and who aren't afraid to clown on companies who are doing them dirty. What, what award show was it where they cut their things short? Oh, that was for A-Pink, wasn't it? It was, it was A-Pink. It, not yeah. only A-Pink, also for Mamamoo also. They, they cut one of their songs. Mamamoo was not happy on that stage. I think they were supposed to perform hip, I believe, but they didn't even get the chance to perform hip. And hip is like one of the most popular songs that they have out right now. The absolute disrespect, especially the A-Pink, who has held on for so long, despite everything that they've been through. The fact that A-Pink has started to be regulated to like rookie time slots in award shows, I can, mm, that's, that's for another episode. Speaking of A-Pink, they are also making a comeback. We Support love- A-Pink. All right, so as I mentioned before, um, this was a feature article for our first quarterly issue. And if you are interested in our discussions here, um, you'll find a lot more interesting content in the rest of the issue as well. Just as a nice little aside, uh, because we all are having a difficult time with the corona quarantine. Um, All of our old print issues are discounted on our website at the Craze Magazine slash store. Um, And some more might be coming up too, but if you need some additional reading material, head on over uh, to our website and pick up a discounted copy of our print issues. All right, moving on to our next segment, personal K-pop story time. Today, we're going to talk about our personal interactions with idols, since all three of us have at one point done an interview with an idol or an idol group. Um, I guess I'll go first because here I am championing our favorite little rookies, Mont. Um, I've gotten to meet them quite a few times. And the first time I met them, I went by myself for the interview, ran late because I went to the opposite train station than the one I was supposed to meet them at. Walked in, sweaty mess. And they're like, are you okay? Breathe. And I'm apologizing like profusely like I am so sorry I didn't mean to be late I went to the wrong train station and so I come in and we just sit down I have snacks in my hand because I'm just like yay time to um just like get to know these people and they were so nervous at first and just for like smaller rookie team I was just like guys guys it's fine it's okay And their team was just so, the team around them was so cool. The unique thing about Mont is that almost the entire team, their CEO, their manager, their global manager, hair, makeup, almost entirely made up of women. That was really interesting to see the dynamic that they had. Um, The interview was pretty cool. They were super sweet. They laughed at me because I did have a brief fangirl moment in between and they were just like, okay, this is fun. Um, did the interview, recorded it, relieved when they found out it wasn't on camera. And then afterwards, we had dinner together. So it was pretty cool. Very chill, laid back, first time meeting. I'll, I'll go next um, to sort of start. The, the situation for Jay and I was a bit more fangirlish, I would say. <laughs> as much as I love Mont. Um, ours, our experiences are a little different. Next time, Mont, when you come to DC, I'll take you to dinner, my tiny children. My experience happened last year at uh, KCON New York. So um, I have been a fan of BAP, um, not as strong as these two, but I did like BAP a lot. Uh, and my bias uh, 
was Jong Up. Uh, if anybody's following what Jong Up does now, um, he's done a lot of work with um, the YouTuber uh, Jun Kurian. And actually, I don't think we knew at the time that he was going to be at at uh, KCON New York. But um, I coordinated uh, a, an interview with June, um, and I was also trying to get in touch with their producer, Min. He didn't mention while we were interacting or setting up a time that it would be anybody but himself, right? So uh, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but like when when um, everybody realized that Jonkup was going to be at at KCON, I was like, we're going to get him. I'm going to interview him. It's going to happen. I was like, <laughs> you were so determined to get him. I needed to do it. And it, it, as you know, we got closer to the date, it seemed like it wasn't going to happen because um, I couldn't get him to respond to me. Uh, so I was just sort of like, okay, whatever, but I'll just have some stuff ready just in case. Because, you know, sometimes things happen uh, that you don't expect when you go into an interview. So um, I was in the press room uh, with a couple of our members that were there with me, uh, emailing with, with June. Um, and I was like, oh, he was telling me, you know, we're kind of behind, uh, cause of some other stuff, uh, that we're doing. Is it okay if we run a little bit late? I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then I realized that he said we, and I was like, does this mean that he's bringing, he's bringing Jong up and Min also with him? As soon as I realized that, uh, this probably meant that I was getting all three of them. Uh, this, like, you could ask, our, our team members, Gigi and Connie, that were with me, this, like, look washed over my face, and I was like, oh my god, it's happening. I remember your messages, like, in um, our team group chat, like, oh my god, I got him! Yeah, and so I had to sit there for 30 minutes and wait for them to show up, like, hyperventilating, because I have never spoken to any of my idols in a professional setting. It's always been, you know, in, uh, like, high touch or whatever, that kind of thing. So I was like, oh my God, uh, I'm about to come face to face with, with Moon Jong up. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> While I was sitting there, the three of them walked by, like they walked by the press room because they didn't know where it was. And I saw them and like, <laughs> Gigi was like, oh God, Roxy's going to break. So I was like, I can't even recall this because it makes me, it makes me jumpy. I was like, okay, I'm going to be cool. Be cool. So June walks in and um, he's like, he sees me. He's like, uh, Roxy. I was like, yeah, hi, this is me. This is our team, blah, blah, blah. And he introduced, um, he introduced Jong Up and Min. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you guys. Thank you for having the interview, you know, like just keeping my, keeping it together. Um, and then <laughs> one of our team members who is also a fan of the AP, like as soon as Jong Up was introduced, she just like, she like looked up from the corner. She was like, Hi, Jong Up. And I was like, shh, shh. <laughs> don't let them know. They can't know. They can't know that we have fangirl. Um, but we went through and um, I did the interview. It's actually up on our uh, YouTube channel. You can see me there. But I remember the entire time, you know, I was trying to focus um, when I was talking to June. Jong Up is actually very, very cute. He was, uh, he was so soft-spoken. Um, he had the microphone, but I, I couldn't even like make out what he was saying because he was so quiet. At the end of the interview, uh, we wrapped everything up. I said that I was going to ask him for a selfie, but I didn't have the courage <laughs> to do it myself. Um, so we gave them a little goodie bag and uh, he was playing around with the slap race that we have. And like all three of us were in the corner giggling because it was so cute. <laughs> and um, so we said they had another interview right after us. So we were like, thanks, you know, thanks so much, guys, blah, blah, blah you know, went off totally fine. I had, I had all of my shit together. 
and then we turned so we were around a corner and we turned the corner and went into the press room and the second that I was out of sight from them I just collapsed on the floor like I fell over <laughs> onto the table and was like oh my god that just happened I didn't get to have my chance to stop freaking out until after that dinner on the train home so like bless you for being able to hold through that interview yeah and it's really weird because like when you're interviewing your bias like it's a different sort of experience I think because they're you see a completely different side than you would when they're you know doing their fan service stuff and I assume that you know as as uh, a k-pop star you don't necessarily want people to be like fawning all over you all the time so I was like dead set on maintaining myself and like not showing that I was going to or that I was like a huge fan of his I was just like I'm just going to treat you like the person that you are and so you're not uncomfortable um and it was a very interesting experience for me so fun wasn't I the one that finished the interview for you because I could you couldn't do it did you I don't remember I think you asked me, he's like, Jay, you have, can you transcribe? Because I can't look at the video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't watch myself talking to him. I just like. Anyways, uh, my turn was for another KCON, but for KCON LA last year, we managed to get Kevin Wu, who's now solo. Um, he used to be formerly a member of UKIS. It was kind of one of those things where we we were like, let's just do it. Like, why not? And they responded and we were like, oh, 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 it's happening. Oh, 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 it's happening. Oh, my God. I ha- I had that um, initial reaction. Like, Roxy was like, oh, my God. Unlike Roxy, where she had team members with her, I had to do this interview by myself. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing this interview by myself. And it was kind of a hard um thing to like keep in control because I'm like it's funny because he used to be and um and still is my UKIS bias and I was just like oh my god I've literally watched his career grow as I grew up with him for those who weren't there prior to UKIS he was also in a group called Shing and I remember seeing him there and then he debuted in UKIS and I yeah it was just one of those weird things it's like I've been following you for so long like I've watched your career grow and it's just like it was so surreal to be like oh my god I'm gonna be interviewing him I remember being so nervous because it was only me it was only me and I was with friends earlier that day but I think he was my for the KCON round that I was there I think he was my first interview for like for the whole weekend so I was literally like oh my god like he's my first interview that I'm doing for this entire weekend I'm nervous I'm so nervous and I don't think I've ever been as nervous for an interview for anybody minus one million dance crew I've never been so nervous. And at least with 1 million, I had Julia there with me. And I was just like, okay, at least I'm not by myself. But this one, it was just all solo. And I'm like, oh crap, okay. So I had to like tell my friends like, oh, hey, sorry, I, I have a commitment. You know that I work for the magazine, for the craze. I, I have 
uh, an interview that I got to do. I never told them who, because I was like, no, they're not going to know. I have to, like, no. I was just like, I have an interview. I'll, I'll catch you guys later. And I remember texting his sister, being in touch with his sister, because his sister was his manager. And I was just like, oh, I, I'm here. Whenever you're ready, let me know. And um, we actually ended up going into the back. And they had their own, like, private, like, wait, like, rooms for them to set up. And I was behind the KCOM stage. I remember being there. My first initial thoughts was like, wow, he's a lot taller than I imagined. Because I had to, like, look up at him. And I'm like, wow, he's so tall. Wow, he's so handsome. But it's just, like, at the same time, it's like, okay, keep it in. Professional. Hi. You know, introduce myself. Like, I can feel myself shaking because I'm like, I'm so nervous. Like, he's right there in front of me. We ended up being able to do the interview, and it felt like I was talking to a friend. Like, I, like, in terms of, like, it went so smoothly that, that it, there was no, like, real awkward pauses or anything. And um, really nice guy to interview. One of my favorite interviews I've ever had to conduct, despite how nervous I was and it was just really cool to get to know him in that sense and do that interview being there and in that moment was really like okay cool like I got this I shouldn't like if we ever have anything in the future you know I managed to get over like my nervousness with an idol who I really like respect and um followed his career and but I'm like afterwards I was just like um, I thanked him, thanked his manager, and they really liked um, the the issue that we gave them and the little goodies. Then they're like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Blah 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 blah. I was like, "That's cool!" I was like, "Thank you!" And then, um, really, really nice. Uh, towards the very end, I I did have the chance to take a selfie with him. So, like, that was really cool. And I was just like, I again after I left the interview first off I nearly got lost <laughs> in that area because I'm like where is because like they have these curtains that are set up to block off the convention from like these private rooms and I'm like wait I'm legit lost I can't like figure out where the space in the curtain is but as soon as I like walked right through there I was just like oh god I need a moment that just happened it happened all too fast like the fact that I had to keep this interview under wraps for so long killed me. Cause I was just like, I want to tell. And then I was like, I, I texted Roxy. I was like, is it okay <laughs> if I post the, the selfie? Cause I was just like, I was just like, Oh, it's been eating at me. I want to say that I'm getting to interview. And like the moment that um, I did, I was just like, Hey guys, be on the lookout for it. Um, guess who I got to interview. Every one of my friends were like, no way no way you had that happen. I'm like, yeah, it was really cool. He's really nice. What people say about Kevin and how he's so nice and sweet is so true because he's really, really nice. Like really, really nice. And that was an amazing experience. And I just hope I'll, I won't be a nervous wreck in future interviews like that ever again. But yeah, that's my experience. I get what you were saying. Cause like, I remember when I was uh, standing there doing the interview um, and jong up would look at me while he was talking, I was like, oh God, <laughs> every single time. Right, because like every time like you have like, for me, because it was, I was sitting literally face to face with Kevin, I'm like, oh God, he's looking right at me. 
<laughs> but it's just like you have to just internally like oh god I, and I was like part of me wonders is like is this what all of those people who are fans of the groups that they interview like feel like is this what they feel too because it's just like oh my god you're here you're just here but we have to remain professional about it and it's weird to think that like they they see you as a person right so like this is like when you're a fan it's just you're kind of like part of a giant group but in this case you're like face to face with them it's just it's just a weird it's a weird thing I don't know how to explain it but it's really fun I mean like I think being in the position that we are in we're very very lucky that we even get the the chance to have this I know nowadays like it's harder and harder to get the fan um like experience in terms of like really interacting with your favorites but I say if the opportunity is there whether you're in the industry like the three of us are or as a fan take the opportunity to like you know meet your favorites if you can obviously be chill don't don't go overboard if there really is a moment I think it's something that at least whether it's one or two idols or groups, it's something to experience at least once in your lifetime. And it's so fun. It's so fun. I completely agree. Like, even though, like, my experience was different than uh, Roxy and Jay's, like, even having that, like, extended period of time to just sit and get to know them, it really does, like, just change your mind about a lot of things and a lot of, like, individuals in the industry. I, I this is really making me miss like getting the chance to go out and do promotional stuff because the coronavirus said none of you get to do anything fun at all anymore. All right, going into our final segment, uh, since we did a uh, focus on the girls uh, for this podcast episode, we went ahead and chose a girl group to feature uh, for underrated groups this week, um, and we chose Nature. So if you're not familiar with Nature, they are a nine-member group that was formed by NCH Entertainment in 2018. They've had about three comebacks uh, since their debut, and they've also had a couple of member changes uh, in that time, which is never super great for, for rookies. It's a lot harder uh, when that happens. They do fairly decently when it comes to views. Um, and I believe Amber has mentioned that they're decently known in Korea. They're not, you know, super, super, super below the radar or anything. Yeah, they're, like, on, like, par with a lot of other girl groups. I mean, they're not, like, twice level known, but, like, other groups um, that are still have pretty steady followings. Like, Nature's pretty, pretty up there. So uh, they debuted in 2018 uh, with the song Allegro Cantabile, uh, which if you go and look it up, it is, I don't want to be too harsh about this, but it is like cookie cutter, like cutesy girl group. And the song, I feel like didn't really stick out at all. Oh, okay. yeah. I have a lot of things to say about their songs. I have a lot of things too. Like their latest Korean release joins um, it joins zim's alabama it's oopsie right yeah and oop- yeah you know exactly which one I'm yeah it's, about. it's oopsie because i like i i'm i happened to finally check out uh their music videos yesterday and i was like you know i i'm not mad at their sound or their style it's very like 
if I were to put it, it's that cutesy girl group look, but for the summer. Mm. They, they have a lot of like summer type of looking ones where it has the bright colors and everything. But I do want to say like their oopsie music video, the song and the style did not match in my opinion. Absolutely. Like, I definitely agree. Um, Oopsie came out right around the same time, um, Dala Dala, and like a little after Zinzala Bim, and they all kind of had the same flavor. So they weren't going for a group flavor. They were going for what's popular flavor, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I noticed, like, because I'm one of those people that, like, hated Zinzala Bim, personally. Um, I don't, like... I didn't like Oopsie, and not because, it's not like a bad song, but it's like, eh, it's like so obviously trying to do something. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm not the biggest fan of Zinzala Bim, but it grew on me, and I feel like a lot of their songs now, or like the, the songs that they've released are some, like the songs that I have to give it like more than a few listens to really, really like, like it, whereas like sometimes off the, right off the bat, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this song is great. I like it. But for them, I just feel like, it's like, I, I want to like it, but it's just not giving me anything else. I'm So Pretty reminds me too much of another girl group. So I think while, yes, they are popular, I just don't think they have their own sound yet. Actually, I liked I'm So Pretty. And I don't know if it's because I really liked the colors in the video and the, the like summery vibe because I've been stuck in my house for three weeks. But that was my favorite one um, of all of their releases. And it's also the most popular one. I have to agree. Um, definitely something we, I don't know if, what, I think it was Amber who mentioned it. Their songs definitely like, if Dreamcatcher is also the anime, right? Like, goes into the anime. I want to say Dreamcatcher is like the ending credits that you'll see for Kate, like for anime. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Na- nature's, nature's songs are the beginning opening <laughs> type of songs for anime. And I was just like, yeah, like a lot of their songs, like this is like so reminiscent of like a very J-pop anime type sound. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's not. It's just like, I need something different and I think we all talked about that yeah it was one of those examples where oopsie tried to do something different and it just did not end up transcending that well definitely agree um it's not to say that like we hate nature it's that it's one of those groups that they need to marinate a little more they need to find their their thing like their x factor right 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 like there's groups that, like, look at what happened with Newest. Like, they had to marinate a little more before Korea and everyone else started paying attention to them. I feel like nature could have, like, that factor that people are looking for, but they just need to, like, marinate some more. Like, don't try to be another group. Be yourself. Right. And I think, you know what, like, their their cutesy pop sound it's it's not bad. I actually just like this is this is actually really catchy. I like what you're going with. I think they have the I think also it depends on the season of when they're making these comebacks too. If they release something in like because we mentioned that it, they had like a more summery vibe. If they release something in the summer, I guarantee they 
pop off. They'd pop oh, off with something Absolutely. Like I mean, recently they, they did a Japan comeback or a Japan debut. Um, and so they really are just trying to find their footing. They're, really, they're only a little under two years old. So they got time. They do. They do. And I think they'll, they'll find their niche rather quickly because they are a pretty stable group in Korea and they are getting their name out there. Um, I do appreciate their fact that they also have like their own like mini series on YouTube also. So you get to see like their non like super like pristine idol side to them. And it's just like, Oh, okay. I like how groups are doing that nowadays. It'll be interesting uh, to see how they grow. So I think we're, we're about ready to wrap up here. Uh, any final comments from you guys? As per usual, wash your hands, stay inside. Find a girl group you love and love the heck out of them. Support your girl groups, please. They need it more than ever. Please support your girl groups. Don't forget to join all of us on social media. Yes, come hang out with us on social media. Whether it's through the craze or through our personal stuff too, come and hang out. We're willing to always talk and fan Chat us up. Mm-hmm. Um, join our Patreon if you haven't already. Get yourself an issue um, if you can, whether it's digital or physical gonna steal your spiel a little bit roxy and also say that our, our issues are on discount so take advantage of it the art's so pretty in our issues you definitely want to get your hands on them which, you know what? i'm gonna do that right now there's some issues that i want for myself as jay and amber both said uh we're always up to date on social media you can always get us over there at craze magazine or at our personal ones i'm sure we'll start plugging those fairly soon but be sure to go to our website, check out everything, sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, every weekend, we send out a recap of what happened this week in K-pop and sort of put it all together for you. So if you're interested in that, that's on the website, sign up for that too. So this has been the Crazecast, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.